1: Hello everyone, I'm Blaine Gilmer, and welcome to another edition of Recruiting Every Second, the show that has you covered for all things SEC football recruiting, and we like to do it from each and every angle. We're going to do that today, not only talking about the current recruiting cycle and an update for the SEC East, but also talk about name, image, and likeness and things going on in that realm and how that is going to impact recruiting tremendously. So as I said, I'm Blaine Gilmer, also write for UGA Sports which is the UGA site in the Rivals network, and but co- cover a lot of recruits through that. Guys, a lot of guys I talked to are being recruited. You know, SEC football, a lot of overlap in the guys that they're trying to go after and trying to bring into boost bolster those programs so do have some some good insight on uh some of these guys i've talked to a lot of them that i'm going to talk about main five top targets for each program out there that is in the sec east kind of talk about uh start off with georgia and kind of work our way down the the rivals team's rankings so excited to be doing that and with this nil guys you can really bet that it is going to change the game the nil and the decision that the supreme court has has just made has really paved a way for it to be kind of a wide open free for all and then the lack of leadership that ncaa has had on it, it man you can bet it's going to be very very wide and broad and and it's going to be kind of the wild west a new element of recruiting that's going to be very unpredictable and make recruiting different than it's ever been before and mr mike uh mike farrell Um, of Rivals.com on the national site wrote a good piece on that. And we're going to touch on kind of what he wrote and some things about NIL before we get into our SEC East rundown with Mr. Mark Rogers, who will be the main guest today. He's the host of the voice of college football creator of that YouTube channel over there. So if you don't, if you love college football and you don't already subscribe to the voice of college football channel and all of his sub channels that he has over there, make sure to follow Mark using at Mark Rogers TV on Twitter and go over to his channels. But as I said, you can bet that this NIL deal is going to end up being a total disaster in certain ways because it's going to have to be go through the growing pains and then it's going to have to be reined back in and redesigned and they're going to have to figure it out. But speaking of betting, guys, the month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action. That's right. And Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has you covered on the latest odds, news, and information for all your sports betting needs. I know a lot of people probably would have – Lost uh, some money on saying the Hawks take game one with the against the Bucks. But if you're somewhere from around the state of Georgia or the Atlanta area, like I am, I know you were pleasantly surprised by the Hawks coming out winning in game one. So, but guys, visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, before the next tip off, face off. Or pitch. Head over to betonline.ag and start playing today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So the Supreme Court here recently ruled that the NC against the NCAA nine to nothing unanimous vote hardly ever happens in the Supreme Court, right? Well, they ruled against the NCAA that you know. NCAA in no way can prohibit student-athletes from receiving benefits that are related to their education. So that's whether that's, you know, laptops, things like that, anything that, that goes towards their education. And also there was there was more stuff out there in terms of like Brett Kavanaugh saying that basically, you know, bringing into question antitrust laws, things like that. Uh, Jason Butt over at UGASports.com wrote a great article, column on that, you know, paving the way for kind of pay-for-play type stuff. And also, like I said, Mike Farrell of Rivals wrote a fact or fiction article talking about whether the NCAA will let schools dictate how the NIL goes. And I, I tend to uh, agree with him on this, that the NCAA just has not been – A leader on this. Uh, Mark Emmert, once again, kind of leading from behind, if you will, trying to play catch up with this kind of stuff, not having the forethought to get out in front of it. They were hoping Congress would bail them out. And, you know, we all know how Congress works. So, obviously, not shocking to see that nothing's going to get done on that end. But what it seems like, it seems like either these conferences or these schools individually are going to be able to dictate how they go about pursuing uh, these NIL policies, and it's really going to create some some problems inside of recruiting because you're going to have different teams and different conferences operating on different policies and and on, by different rules, and I think it's going to be, be an issue. Now, I do think it's going to have the potential to create a little bit more – because there's going to be some schools that are going to be more creative and be able to t- more forward thinking and take advantage of this better than others. But at the same time, you can bet that the major powers out there, uh, when they have the opportunity, are going to take care of things as well. And, you know, when it comes down to it, this is a – I was talking to a friend the other day. This is a multi billion dollar operation when it comes to college sports and college football I mean billions of dollars that are being being made through tv rights and and all those kind of things and distributed out there of course the athletes deserve their cut of it and deserve wholeheartedly i agreed to be able to make money off of their name image and likeness but you take a program like we're going to talk about today uh a vanderbilt if they can be find a creative way to utilize the Nashville area and some relationships in a growing budding city there, then maybe that helps them out with recruiting areas and needs. And you talk about a program like a, like a, like a Cincinnati, like a program, like a, like a South Florida. I mean, all these programs that, that have been on the forefront of the precipice of being really, really good uh, maybe haven't had quite the, the talent to consistently be good, but if they're able to utilize some of the the forward-thinking uh, aspects of their, of their programs and their proximity to, to cities and markets and things like that, then that's going to help these programs out, especially if the NCAA leaves this void here that there is no major rules on it. So look for a lot of craziness to come out of this NIL stuff going forward, and it's going to change recruiting – dramatically because now recruits are going to come in and immediately they're not going to want to know about uh, take me over here to the place where I can look at my uh, my major you know take me over here to look at the cafeteria they're immediately going to want to know about the marketing opportunities and packages that are be putting out in front of them and ways that the these individual schools are going to be able to help them grow their own brand all right, now we're going to bring on, as we do quite often here on Recruiting Every Second, he is the voice of college football, has the YouTube channel, the voice of college football, Mr. Mark Rogers. Mark, how you doing?
0: Blaine, I'm doing well. It uh, It is getting down to crunch time here if you love college football. And uh, most of us are trying to enjoy the summer, but at the same time, we're like three weeks away from sec media days. And then once those take place, you know that you're off and running right into fall camp. And then the season's going to start right after that. And yeah, the beginning of
1: September will be here before you know it. If most, if any of you don't know, I also write for UGA sports.com and I know George, the Georgia fan base is just so excited for that September 4th matchup against Clemson. But Mark, before we get to those opening week games and as big as they're going to be, wanted to hit everybody with a recap on SEC East recruiting here. SEC, to me, is just way too big to even kind of go after everything and and stuff like that. So I wanted to, to talk to everybody about SEC East recruiting here. And at the top of it, as it has been for quite a few years now, Georgia is sitting there. We're I'm gonna touch on some specifics of maybe some guys, but just what are your perceptions right now of what's going on with Kirby Smart in the class? I know not long ago we talked about some decommitments they had. or what what's kind of what have you kind of gathered on this Georgia recruiting class right now?
0: Well, some Georgia fans may have panicked after those decommits, but I don't think they've got anything, anything at all to worry about. Uh, this is just a well-fined, oiled machine when it comes to recruiting. Kirby Smart continues to get the job done on this front. Uh, look forward to the season, of course, with the the Clemson game right out of the gate. And um, I, I just think it's, it's going to be fascinating to see Georgia battle Alabama atop the SEC recruiting rankings and to see if they can wrestle away that number one ranking from Bama. But uh, those two... They certainly knock heads as as we ran down a list of uh, ten or fifteen players just a few weeks ago. Those were the two that kept knocking heads for the best talent uh, in the nation.
1: Absolutely, we were. I think we were talking about top top running backs and top recruits over the past history, things like that. And like you said, Georgia and Alabama always prevalent in all those lists. But right now, I'm going to list the top five targets for each one. And I'll, I'll talk. I'll just go ahead and list them all first, and then we'll kind of go back and, and hit some stuff here. But Kamari Wilson is a five star safety out of IMG Academy. Uh, he's been visiting a lot of other SEC schools lately, Texas a AM, LSU, has even been down at Florida State. So this young man is enjoying the recruiting process. Branson Robinson is a five star running back out of the state of Mississippi. He is actually announced his commitment date on July 22nd. So Hit on that in just a little bit here. Tyler Booker, another IMG guy. Georgia seems to have so many IMG guys they're going after. It's it's ridiculous. Um, And then the edge position there, Mark. We've got some. I got three guys listed: Danny, Dennis, Sutton, slash, Shamar Stewart, slash, Anai White. That edge position, you've talked about it a lot, so important. And then Walter Nolan slash Travis Shaw. So they've actually got eight guys. I'm talking about eight or nine guys in there. But when you talk about these high-profile prospects in Georgia, kind of what's your assessment, some of these? I know you've talked to other other uh, people on your show that that cover different programs. Any Anybody you're hearing about of those targets I just talked about?
0: You know, nothing in particular in regards to the, the guys that you just mentioned. I certainly have uh, tracked a few other guys that I'll get to in just a second. But um, just the the quality of Georgia filling all those check boxes in regards to what most commits, what most recruits want to see out of a program. Uh, is this program going to develop me for the next level? Is this program going to compete for a championship? Does this program have elite facilities and uh, resources there at the school uh, is the fan base into it is this a rabid huge fan base am I going to be playing marquee games on national tv everybody plays national tv games now but am I going to be playing in marquee games uh, that are going to get the kind of spotlight that I want out of this college experience and you know Georgia the one of the reasons they've risen to the top of the sport in this category has been they check those boxes and then the thing that we really can't measure we only get an indication from seeing the tweets from the athletes and them on social media is how well are you uh, building those relationships so they obviously are a master across the coaching staff of, of building those relationships because that's what it comes down to it's like a year and a half to two year process you know we think of okay just Let them visit campus, show them all the fancy facilities, show them the track record that you win SEC championships and compete in the top five in the nation. But no, it's about building relationships. And obviously Kirby Smart learned a lot from Nick Saban and then brought his own style to it. And it's really working. Absolutely. Georgia does check a lot of those
1: boxes, and that's why you've got some of those high-profile guys there. And, you know, if you, if you enjoy this kind of insight from uh, Mark talking about these programs and why they're successful, and then he does a lot on the in-season stuff, make sure go over to the Voice of College Football channel. If you don't already subscribe, and specifically his SEC channel, if you like just SEC ball, you can follow him using at Mark Rogers TV on Twitter. But, Mark, I do want to, you know, say here that if Georgia – is going to live up to that standard that you said they've set. They really need to hit on, I think, Kamari Wilson is a guy, like I said, five-star safety. Georgia needs to build depth in that secondary. I think that that, that's a critical, I would say, almost their most needed. Him, maybe either Walter Nolan or Travis Shaw, who we've talked about Walter Nolan before. Um, A lot of craziness going on in his recruitment. Is he shutting it down? Is he keep going? You know, All that kind of stuff. But there's just huge guys there. I think Branson Robinson, Oscar Delp, are guys that are maybe the closest to committing to to Georgia here soon. I think they're very very strong with Georgia. Branson Robinson, as I mentioned, July 22nd is his commitment date. So and and then, excuse me on the on the edge position, you've talked about how critical those edge rushers are. When we've talked about in the past, just you know, you've got these athletic quarterbacks now. Everybody's got this, you know throw it around style, but the quarterback can't throw it if he's on his back. Right. So, uh, these edge rushers are imperative. Um, any, anybody, you said you'd, you'd hit on some guys that, that you had looked into any Georgia
0: recruits, maybe things that you've g- gained inside here on recently, you know, the edge rush position, I think is what one of the key positions that sets the sec, uh, separate from the rest of the nation. Uh, of course, they're obviously edge rushers that go on to the NFL and all the conferences. But in terms of just almost everybody having two and three guys that are that good. Uh, another part of the recruiting formula that maybe gets overlooked sometimes. And I, I, met, I came across a comment made by C.J. Washington, uh, who visited with his family over the weekend there at Georgia. And he said it felt like home. So that's, you know, this is the first experience for these guys leaving home. So they want to feel like they're going to a place where they can trust uh, the people in charge and it feels like home. And then you get those guys on your side as commits and they go out and they become actually your best recruiters. And that's one thing CJ Washington alluded to as well, that, Hey, I'm going to be talking to all my buddies and everybody I'm connected with that's making a decision and I'm going to talk them uh, about Georgia and, uh, you know, what they're going to find there.
1: Yeah, C.J. Washington out of Cedartown, Georgia over there to commit for Georgia for quite some time, so I'm sure he will be recruiting guys like Danny Dennis Sutton, Shamar White, I mean, Shamar Stewart and Nye White on the edge there. But Georgia's kind of been there at the top. That next program that's kind of itching to get there. Obviously, Florida was in the SEC championship game, but I want to talk about another program that I think is right there on the precipice of getting there is Kentucky. And, you know, you can speak to this probably better about the, the quarterback situation at, at Kentucky that has been non existent. You know, they haven't had a quarterback the last couple of years and they've still been putting out copious amounts of NFL talent. Uh, Mark Stoops, a great defensive coach. Um, before, before I kind of turn it over to you there on, on just talking about Kentucky in general, I do want to list their top five, uh, their top five targets. I think Dane key four-star wide receiver, big, big target for them. Another four-star wide receiver, Antonio Gates, Jr. If that name sounds familiar, if you're a football fan, it should Antonio Gates, the the hall of fame tied in played for the San Diego chargers, tremendous tremendous athlete and his son now being recruited by Kentucky. And then the other position that's huge for Kentucky is offensive line. They, they're going to be losing a ton this year. And they've got, uh, Emil Wagner, Ryan bear and Daughtry Richardson, all four stars that they're trying to go after. So Mark, it seems like Kentucky's right there on the, on the, on the doorstep. They're changing their offense to be more spread out. What are your kind of thoughts on Kentucky right now?
0: Well, it's funny because Mark Stoops is right now on the doorstep of having to make a transition with a program that you just touched upon in terms of offensive football. So when a team doesn't have enough talent to compete with the better teams in the league, they typically get conservative and that's what he's done. He's gone ultra conservative. He's not been able to find a quarterback. Terry Wilson quarterbacked the team for three years and the, the passing game was pretty atrocious. Like bottom five to 10 in the nation in efficiency and explosive rate downfield. But playing that conservative football with a great ground game, with a great defense, uh, can only get you so far. And I think Mark Stoops is saying, okay, we've been a seven and five, eight and four kind of team and program. Uh, They did have the nice season two years ago with 10 wins and beat Penn State in a bowl game. But besides that, yeah, they've gotten to a place where he's upgraded considerably. But to take the next step, okay we need to throw the ball downfield. And the two places where Kentucky's lacked is throwing the ball from the quarterback position and really not a lot of playmakers on the outside. And um, we're going to go into fall camp here real soon, and we're going to check out the competition between Will Levis, the Penn State transfer, Bo Allen and Joey Gatewood, who left Auburn as uh, a highly sought-after player who I think is going to win the job and um, you, you mentioned Dane Keyes, their number one target at wideout. Uh, they're also going after um, uh, Kobe Albert. He's out of uh, Birmingham. He's another wide receiver that's a target there. Uh, Brandon White, uh, Cincinnati Moeller. And that's something that's interesting about tracking Kentucky recruiting is it's they go in the opposite direction a lot to, yeah. to Ohio in particular, also Pennsylvania for a lot of these recruits. And Blaine, you mentioned the offensive line. Offensive tackle uh, in particular, uh, I saw somebody estimate that with five visits coming this weekend, that Kentucky really needed to get commits from two of those five offensive tackles visiting this weekend. And uh, they get a new offensive line coach that they're really excited about there at Kentucky, Eric Wolford. And uh, edge rusher, uh, Keon Wiley, he's out of Philadelphia. He's a high three-star guy that they're really high on. Kentucky was One of the 10, despite playing solid defense, really didn't pressure the quarterback, was one of the 10 worst in the nation last year in sack rate. So just need some more explosive game-changing type players, especially in offense, but also on defense. Would I be wrong in saying that everything you just said
1: sounded just like Georgia, but maybe two years ago? It sounds like Kentucky's almost a couple years behind where Georgia is in their uh, change of style how they're going about like their defense was great, but it wasn't really impactful. So in terms of getting after the quarterback, but now that's kind of changed last year with Aziz Ojolari and some other guys, Adam Anderson for Georgia. So I think a lot of parallels there between Georgia and Kentucky. Now, uh, so I, Kentucky, I do want to go back. And and uh, one thing I forgot to mention, you guys, Georgia, currently fourth in the Rivals team rankings with 10 commits. Kentucky, 12th in the Rivals team's ranking, also 10 commits. The difference there is Georgia has two five-stars and seven four-stars, so nine of the 10 commits are four-stars or higher. Kentucky has no five-stars and six four-stars. Now, uh, you're listening here on Recruiting Every Second. You can follow me using that bgilmer eighteen. Follow Mark using at Mark Rogers TV. Make sure to go subscribe to his YouTube channel, The Voice of College Football. This is Recruiting Every Second, where we cover everything SEC football recruiting related. And the next team we're going to talk about here on our SEC East update is Missouri. They're 18th in the Rivals team ranking right now with nine commitments. Eli Drinkowitz doing a tremendous job over there, in my opinion. With Missouri, really had to. Kind of t- we took over for Barry Odom, there you know, kind of a little transition period, getting getting used to everything. But I think uh, Missouri is another team that is dangerous. I mean, they've got that pedigree. They've been they've been to the SEC championship game twice in back to back years not long ago. And their top five recruits, their targets that I'm going to list here: uh, DJ Westlack. He's a uh, outside linebacker, four star from. Missouri so that's a guy that that I know Dan Lanning just had down at Georgia so anytime a Georgia's recruiting a guy you know that's a good guy to to be targeting Luther Burden a Oklahoma commit that they're trying to flip right now five-star wide receiver top wide receiver in the country uh Isaiah Sategna a four-star wide receiver uh Deshaun, Deshaun Woods is a four-star offensive tackle he just he's taking a official visit this weekend to Missouri, so I know that'll be big for him. And then Justin Williams, a guy from around my neck of the woods, not not far over here in Paulding County, Georgia. He's, he goes to uh, East Paulding. He's a four star running back. They just offered him, and are trying to get in late on that recruitment. But um, those are the top five targets. But Mark, just your opinion on this this Missouri team under Eli Drinkwitz right now.
0: I posted a video just in the last couple of days looking at uh, recruiting rankings in the SEC versus the results on the field. So taking the playoff era 2014 through 2020 results on the field, and I broke it down by bowl games, New Year's six appearances, playoff appearances, playoff record, overall record, SEC record, final rankings in the AP poll, exhaustive, you know, look at the final results on the field versus the recruiting rankings. And do you know who played the best versus their recruiting ranking was Missouri Uh, during that time, going back to 2011. So I was trying to measure 2014 on, but taking that 2014 team, obviously the first recruits would have been from the 2011 class. So I'm looking at the last 11 recruiting classes and only Vandy has a lower ranking Uh, in recruiting in the sec than missouri missouri's around 42nd in the country composite over those 11 seasons but they've turned the next to worst recruiting ranking in the sec to the seventh best record in the sec have they lit it up no but they've uh, as you mentioned they entered the league and i thought that first year they were going to be overmatched uh but they turned it around quickly and won two division championships and they've been they've been good uh, they've gone to bowl games generally. They've been in that seven and five range. And uh, I think Eli Drinkwitz is the right man for the job. And they're they're just in an interesting position geographically compared to the rest of the conference. You know, who's necessarily going to come from Florida, Georgia, South Carolina to go play at Missouri just to stay in the SEC? Uh, they They almost, you got to think, have that still Big 12 territory to work with. Uh, because that's where they're located. Um, and everybody goes to Florida. When I say that they, I'm sure that they have Florida players on the roster, but I'm talking they're probably down several rungs uh, from from some of their competition in the Eastern Division, Georgia and Florida in particular. Um, it, it's an interesting team. It's an interesting situation that they have to deal with playing in the SEC, where they're located in the country. Uh, Connor Baslick uh, really came on, had a huge day against LSU in his first start. On pulling a off. Crazy game, against, uh, yeah. <laughs> pulling that thing off at the end, uh, last play of the game down near the goal line. And um, they were a five and five team and they lose their best running back, Larry Roundtree, but they've got all of his backups are right there to replace him. And um, if you noticed at the NFL draft, it was a bit surprising to me that uh, Missouri factored in pretty heavily. And most of those guys were front seven guys on defense and offensive linemen. So they've been strong in the trenches. They play big boy football are They don't back down from anyone. They may not be the most talented team. Well, we can definitely say they're not the most talented team in the division, but they're tough. And Eli Drinkwitz, I think, has something good going there in Columbia.
1: So now we've talked about Georgia, Kentucky, and Missouri, all of which are ranked higher than our next team, which we've talked about here is a problem for Dan Mullen. Maybe some momentum going on, but the Florida Gators, are marker ranked 22nd overall in the team rankings. They usually finish under Dan Mullen historically anywhere between 9th and 14th in team rankings, things along that nature. And right now they have – they have eight commitments, five four-stars, and that's including the two they just got this week in C.J. Smith and Shamar James. Shamar James, a huge one. I think most people expected him to go to Alabama. Uh, C.J. Smith, an absolute speed demon. They have three of the fastest players in the country committed to him in this class, Mark, with Uh, C.J. Smith, Isaiah Bond, and Julian Humphrey. But we're going to run down their targets real quick, the top five targets. Walter Nolan, five-star defensive tackle, who seems to be on a lot of these lists, a lot of these target (laughs) lists. Uh, Evan Stewart, five-star receiver out of Texas, Frisco, Texas there. Tyler Booker, we mentioned, being recruited by Georgia as well. Katron Allen, a running back. Look at there, Mark. Dan Mullen trying to recruit a running back. It's actually a a change of plan. And then Anai White, who we talked about Georgia as well. you know, Mark, I, we're not going to uh, beat the beat it to death here if you've listened to us before, but Dan Mullen has just not recruited as well as you would expect having the program there at Florida. What's, what's your opinion of what
0: Florida's going through right now and then also the Dan Mullen recruiting? I don't want to sound the alarms too much, but I think it's a concern. I think it's a legitimate concern that Dan Mullen brings in the level classes that he does. Is he doing a decent job in recruiting? Yeah, ninth to 14th, as you mentioned, in the country. It's, uh, tons of teams in across America would be fine with that. But he's in the best football state in America. Some people from Texas might argue, but they're the two best. He's in the best football-playing state in America. He's at a place where Urban Meyer brought in top three recruiting classes on a regular basis. Even Will Muschamp brought in top five recruiting. He didn't develop them on the offensive side of the ball, but he brought in top five recruiting class. Look at the recruiting classes from Jim McElwain and Will Muschamp. They didn't live up to expectations, but they generally out-recruited Dan Mullen. And, And based on his competition in the division, meaning Georgia, this isn't going to get it done. This is going to add up to a lot of eight and four, nine and three finishes. Um, I don't expect Kentucky and Missouri to maintain a lead in the recruiting rankings over Florida. But even if Kentucky and Missouri stay within 10 spots of Florida, that's alarming. And hey, you're like, what's going on? <laughs> what is going on? Um so and I found it interesting uh the the one note that I jotted down here in looking at uh, some information on uh the four-star wide receiver Isaiah Bond who was even after a trip to Alabama just reiterating hey I'm a firm commit to Florida I'm, I'm but but Nick Saban and his wife took Isaiah Bond on a little uh, spin in, in their Mercedes well, around Nick, campus so, your personal <laughs> chauffeur I mean
1: I don't know how solid you can be in Yeah a, um, and I'm sure he is to to Florida. I I mark. I was actually at the Rivals Five Star Challenge, and Isaiah Bond was there. He won the Fast Man Forty Challenge, um, beating you know just really blew everybody else out of the water. He has world class speed. Really, a, a guy that's 10, three, could probably get ten two in in the hundred meter. And like I said, CJ Smith who just committed. So one thing Florida is focusing on this class is speed. Uh, so Florida coming in fourth right now in the SEC East. Now. For uh, time's sake here, guys, we, we don't like to keep these too long here. We're recruiting every second. We like to keep it fast-paced. I am going to uh, kind of talk a little bit about South Carolina here and Tennessee, kind of almost lump them together. They're thirty. They're thirty 35th and 39th, South Carolina and Tennessee are, respectively, in the rankings. You have South Carolina going after Oscar Delp, who is, like I said, he's probably going to, commit to Georgia in my opinion but you got Oscar Delp, Traquan Figgins, Antonio Kite, Jamari Lyons and Jalen Glover all in the four-star category according to rivals and these guys are people that Shane Beamer really needs to try to land a couple of to get that momentum to start off this in his first like you know recruiting it's not a full recruiting class because he's just started but it's something that he could really get a lot of momentum on the same thing for Josh Heupel in the same same boat uh trying to to salvage a recruiting class here after the disaster that went on with Jeremy Pruitt so before we get we'll we'll end with Vanderbilt uh Bart but kind of just touching on any thoughts you have on South Carolina and Tennessee individually both in that mid to late 30s range in the recruiting rankings right now
0: Tennessee probably lost more talent than any team in the country at the transfer portal, both starting running backs, Eric Gray, Ty Chandler, one of the best offensive linemen in the conference, Wanya Morris, uh, Henry Tooto, one of the best linebackers in the country. Um, Josh Heupel, I mentioned with Mark Stoops, one of his secrets to competing with the big boys when he didn't have as much talent was taking the air out of the football, playing a conservative game, stretching the game out in regards to limited possessions, playing smart that way. Well, Josh Heupel's going to attack it the complete opposite way. He's going to run an offense at warp speed. He's going to put out a bunch of wide receivers and spread them out, and he may run his defense ragged if they don't convert uh, offensively. So that's going to be fascinating to watch in Tennessee. Uh, for a for a team that underachieved under Butch Jones, at least he recruited extremely well, top fifteen in the nation cons- consistently. And as I mentioned, uh, the video post that I did with uh, comparing the results versus the recruiting rankings, you can guess that while Missouri overachieved more than anyone, Tennessee underachieved. You know mm-hmm. the the eleventh or third worst record in the conference over these seven college football playoff seasons. And one of the best recruiting classes, uh, uh, average a top 14 class uh, during the playoff era, but um, their defense was good there for a time under Butch Jones, but it's been completely wrecked and depleted there. They're looking to have one of the worst defenses in the sec. And that takes some time uh, to bring back. So, they they've dug a hole and it's going to take some time.
1: One thing about the Tennessee and South Carolina programs, another common link, you know, they got two. both have new head coaches. Also Mark, this upcoming weekend, as you're listening to this show, this show releases on, on June 24th, a Thursday. So this weekend, K Ron Purdy, who's a transfer, he's in the transfer portal right now from Kansas, freshman, all American uh, great, had a great year at Kansas. His freshman year, but he's in the portal with less miles leaving, all that kind of stuff. Um, and he's the two schools he's choosing between Tennessee and South Carolina. And as you mentioned, um, it, Tennessee has really taken advantage of the transfer, they've lost a lot, but they're taking advantage of the transfer portal as well. And I don't think I mentioned Tennessee's top five uh targets, so I'll run through those real quick. Walter Nolan, once again, he's from Cordova, Tennessee. Tennessee had him there on campus here. Uh, again, recently for a second time, they even offered his uh, little brother that's going into the seventh grade. So you know, there's 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 lots of they really really want Walter Nolan, um, Branson Robinson. Supposed he's supposed to be going on an official visit there this weekend, but Georgia may have locked that one up. We'll just have to have to see how that goes. Addison Nichols, another Tennessee Georgia battle. He's uh, from Greater Atlanta Christian in the heart of almost the heart of Georgia there. Um, but Addison Nichols, a four star tackle, Ryan Brewbaker and Isaiah Horton. And that leads us to our last team here, Mark in the SEC East. that is Vanderbilt. They are 44th overall in the country in recruiting rankings, which you got to admit, you're dead last in the SEC, but you know you're 44th in the country. So that just shows the power of the SEC. A unique situation. They brought Barton Simmons, who was with 24/7 sports, in to be their general manager. So he's got a lot of unique perspective on recruiting. I don't even have really a top list, I would say, of targets because Vanderbilt is just trying to gain any momentum they can. I know Daniel Martin is a safety out of Marietta. He's listed as linebacker, probably projects more as a safety in the next level out of uh, Marietta in Georgia. Also going after uh, Connor Harrell, a quarterback out of um, Thompson in Alabaster, Alabama, one of the best programs in the country. But just your thoughts on uh, Vanderbilt as we kind of close it up here, Mark.
0: Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt fans will be happy when they can tune into a show like this and not be mentioned last. Absolutely. Always mentioned last, always last on the list, always the team, oh, we don't have enough time, uh, we'll move on. Uh, Clark Lee, the new head coach, defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, I got to think that if I'm him, I'm calling James Franklin and I'm asking flat out, uh, point blank, how, how did you do it? Nine and four, nine and four, two consecutive years, five and three, two years in the SEC. How did you do it? Uh, because it's not an easy um, accomplishment to do anything like that at Vanderbilt. Just look at the football history. Uh, the academics, of course, extremely high, but uh, they are just uh, in a difficult spot. And uh, Clark Lee is uh, starting from scratch. And I, th-
1: I think you have to be uh, innovative. And I think him bringing on Barton Simmons as his general manager, a guy who's spent his life around recruiting and evaluations and things like that. I think that's a great approach to go. And also I think I do think one thing Vanderbilt is going for him is the, t- the city of Nashville with NIL coming about the, the that city is booming and the opportunities that are there marketing wise, things like that could be huge for Vanderbilt in terms of that. Um, so it's going to be a whole different world. Of recruiting, guys, that's our SEC East update here on recruiting, here on June 24th, a Thursday. So, we appreciate you tuning in. Make sure to follow Mark using at Mark Rogers TV and go to the Voice of College Football YouTube channel. I'm Blaine Gilmer. You can follow me using at BGilmer18 on Twitter and the show using at recruiting underscore SEC. Mark, appreciate it once again.
0: Absolutely, Blaine. Appreciate you having me on here.
1: Absolutely. It's good stuff. Always enjoy talking to SEC and SEC recruiting. So thank you guys, and we'll catch you next time on Recruiting Every Second. Presented by Bet Online.
0: Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style, and you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You know when you're
1: listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.